the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Andrea K Show on AM 1170. The Answer is sponsored by Andrea K. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred seven pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Good evening and welcome to the Andrea K Show. It's Thursday evening, 9 p.m. Pacific time, and that's so late midnight out on the East Coast. And so I'm sending lots of love out there to my people on the East Coast, like Peggy. It's midnight back there. Thank you all. And David down in Florida and Joe up in New York and just everybody across the airwaves. Thank you so much for tuning in and supporting me in the show here on AM 1170, The Answer. I got my gal. Speaking of almost all the way to the East Coast, I got sitting in with me tonight via phone. Someday soon she'll be back actually in the studio with me. And that's Alicia Dern, my legal libertarian analyst, calling in all the way from St. Louis. Hey, Louie. Hi. It's <laughs> cats and dogs out here in the Midwest, by the way. <laughs> it's, it's what is dogs? It's pouring cats and dogs. Oh, honey. Well, that ought to please the Fitzroy because he's that Portuguese water dog of yours. So, um, (laughs) yeah. So and also sitting in with me tonight is DJ Maple Bar board operator Todd. Yeah. And it seems as though I've been a little bit of a donut pusher with young Todd. So tomorrow night I might be introducing him as DJ Carrot Sticks. So... (laughs) (laughs) So we'll see how that goes. Hey, you know, we got a packed show tonight. If you want to be a part of it, friend me on Facebook or, you know, follow me there. And that's really where the genius is. Follow me on Twitter as well at Andrea K5. Uh, Feel free to try to call in tonight. It's going to be a packed show, but the number is 888-344-1170. You know, I'm laughing at the top of the show here because it's just such a joy to share this time with you. But I'm actually in a pretty kind of solemn mood it occurred to me as I was coming in today that I kind of almost have that same feeling about me that I did and I don't know if you feel this way Alicia but I almost feel as though the same way that I did on the day of the Boston um, terrorist attack that's referred to as the Boston bombing it was a terrorist attack and like on Fort Hood because it just kind of feels that way with what happened in Charleston do you feel that way Alicia I'm always really sad uh, when somebody murders other people. It's senseless, and I don't understand it. So, yeah, I do feel that way. Yeah, and I'm glad you put it that way, that it's always senseless, because when I first heard about it last night, and actually from, of course, um, one of my phenomenal Facebook friends, I mean, you guys are like the Andrea K. Show producers. I mean, it's like, you know, my show is produced nationally and internationally. And by the way... Got to dedicate tonight's show to our buddy from Israel, David, who's flying back from Florida to Israel on Sunday. Y'all lift up, lift him up in prayer. Make sure he gets he gets home safely. Love you, David. But when I first heard about this last night from my Facebook friends and, and the, immediately I put it out there, prayers for the family, prayers for the victims. And and then immediately after that, here it comes, Alicia, with the politicizing of it. 
immediately uh, it gets labeled with the political correct, and it's all about politics to, ha- to call it a hate crime. So then immediately when we come out with the hate crime stuff, then immediately I start getting my heart involved and getting emotional for everybody else who's burying a loved one, whether they were, they were you know, murdered um, in whatever means uh, that, they, that they were murdered, or really in whatever means that they lost their lives. You know, yeah. you know what I mean? Well, I, was, I do. You know what? I always ask this question. Isn't murder of any kind a hate crime? Only a person with hate in their heart murders another human. Yeah, and in fact, it, exactly. And we'll, it, Now, some people would say, well, nine people were involved here. Well, what I think is, and my initial response to this was, what we saw really is an act of evil. This is evil at its core, similar to like a Boston, you know, a, you know, terrorist attack or Fort Hood. But then with this, but you're right. I mean, isn't it all hate? And what is hate? You know, and who gets to, to decide what the definition of hate is? That's why this hate crime legislation is all about politics. So is the Charleston shooting a hate crime? Well, it's like you said, of course it is, because all murder is hate. But what's the difference between the Aurora shooting and the Charleston shooting? A group of people were murdered there, right? Right. So the setting, is that is that what makes the, the Charleston so shooting so different and hate crimes legislation, but Aurora not? So is it the setting or is it the color of the victims? And and if the color is different and that's what makes it so different, are the Aurora victims any less dead? Are the Charleston right. victims any more sympathetic? I look at the faces. Don't get me wrong. I look at the faces. Somebody posted, I think it was Susan Aiello, posted the pictures of the, oh my gosh, I'm getting choked up, of those nine people in that church. And the s- spirits that were coming through their eyes, I mean, it breaks my heart. But uh, my heart breaks for everybody who loses a loved one, Alicia. Somewhere in America today, some white man is going to murder his white wife or significant other because she overburned the stake. Or maybe she didn't press his pants the way he wanted. Is her life any less sympathetic? Was that crime any less hate-filled? That's not well, hate. You know, so is, you know, and that's exactly the question I've been asking. I mean, or is it body count? Is that what makes it? Okay, so, I mean, are women not victims of, of hate? So then it becomes about body count? Okay, so then who determines how many bodies really makes it bad, you know, and, and so much more horrific? And... Um, you know, I, I'm squeamish about this because I also realize there's lots of people that are saying, yes, it's hate crime because it involved religion. And as somebody who is so outspoken about the freedom of religion and the fact that there is an anti-Christian movement, in my opinion, going on in this country, particularly because it's really about a Marxist movement to remove God from society and to replace church with state. It's like, in spite of the fact that I see that, I'm still squeamish about jumping on board with the whole hate crimes legislation bandwagon, because to me, it's just straight up liberalism 101. It's the unequal treatment of many and the phony attempt to provide equality. And that, that's really all a mask, because what it's really all about is a ruse to gain control, because that's what liberalism is all about. And as soon as I put that out there on Twitter today, all the liberal trolls proved it because they all jumped in and said, we have to have this hate crime legislation, Alicia, because it's all about manip. They actually use the words. It's all about um, maneuvering society is what they told me today in order to right the wrongs because there were lynchings in the 60s. Anytime you've got anybody justifying legislation under the guise or under the auspice of that you need to manipulate society, it's control. It's tyranny. It's a, it's problematic because uh, what what that means is we're trying to control people's thoughts 
look, we already have a legal mechanism. Anybody who commits murder, that's first-degree murder, we already consider that malice. Malice of forethought, that's just a synonym for hatred. Okay, right. so we already have a mechanism to deal with this. And so if you add additional punishments uh, for it being, quote, a hate crime because it's racially motivated, what that means is that we're, we're signaling to society that the government can control people's thoughts. Look, I don't like racists. I don't understand racists. But a racist is free to be a racist as long as they don't hurt anybody. Right. And, and, and immediately I was called a racist today because my argument was what we started off with tonight by saying, uh, you know, because I actually think to me, the second that DOJ stands up there and in and in, in, in argues for hate crimes legislation strictly because those victims are black when she didn't do it. And nobody did it on behalf of a white woman who was beheaded in Oklahoma by a black man screaming, you know, for Allah. Then to me, if you're only going to do that for black people, then, you know. Dare I say it? Do we have black privilege here? This is blatant. The DOJ trying to um, gain control um, through identity politics. It's a ruse. It's all about fostering racial division to gain more power for them. And you know that that's exactly what it is when immediately, just like in Arizona, when they tried to blame Sarah Palin for Gabby Giffords getting shot, who did they immediately come out with? Some operative for Obama comes out and tries to blame Nikki Haley and some kind of crap about a Confederate flag. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think it really is a it, it's a concern for me for the First Amendment, and I don't I think it does cheapen the lives of other victims of murder, and not just mass shootings, but anybody who's murdered. Look, it's not any less heinous for somebody to steal your car and shoot you in the head. It's not any less heinous for somebody to commit domestic violence or to kill random strangers. All of those right. crimes are horrible. Well, those people are dead regardless based on somebody's selfish actions. And you know what, if we're going to, right, and if we're going to talk about, so if it's about body count or if it's about, why is it that that immediately the DOJ comes out and says this is hate crimes legislation, but Fort Hood was a workplace violence? And any time, any time some Islamist or radical does it, uh, uh, you know, Obama is the first person to come out and defend Islam. In fact, what did he do when we had the, um, the, Charlie Hebdo, I can't say it in the province, that terrorist attack, he specifically came out and said that those Jewish people that were targeted by those Islamists, he came out and called it random. So if this is all about liberalism. It's all about picking and choosing who they think is important, what victims are important, what crimes are worse, according to their de- their desire to um, adjust society. And then, of course, after they and, 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 you know, somebody was really, again, one of the Andrea K. Show producers d- puts a great thing up there about, you know, statistics and, and about how, you know, if you really get into the statistics of hate crimes, that it's actually blacks are committing more um, greater percentage of hate crimes than whites. I actually decided not to thank you so much for posting that. But I don't even want to enable this whole hate crimes thing by po- posting those stats, because who decided what? Why is government deciding what's hate and what's not? So I'm not even going to go with that. Before we got to go to break, I want to get to the next reason why they did this, what, what their aim is. And it's gun control, Alicia. I mean, yeah. you could just you could just count down on the clock to when they were going to come out with that. And, um, yeah, you know, and I got to say, there, there's no other goal to hate crime legislation than that. There's two goals that it's race baiting and it's gun control because it's not enhancement of the penalties. Because when you murder multiple people, you're already eligible for the death penalty in states where death penalty is involved. So it's not enhancement of punishment. 
Absolutely. And in fact, it's funny you should talk about, you know, gun control and, you know, and racism together, because I want everybody to hear a clip um, from some black uh, religious leaders today on that topic. I want to thank the Lord for our Constitution. I also want to thank the NRA for its legacy. The National Rifle Association was started, founded by religious leaders who wanted to protect free slaves from the Ku Klux Klan. They would raise money, buy arms, show the free slaves how to use those arms, and protect their families. God bless you. Many of us probably wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for the NRA. But let me just briefly say that gun control, for black Americans, we know that gun control has ultimately been about people control. I mean, there it is. I couldn't have said it better myself. So do you Twitter trolls out there who accuse me of being a racist, there you hear it. Accuse me of standing over. You know, I point out that how the left is exploiting a crime and I'm called a racist and, and told that I need to back off from my defense of the Second you know, Amendment. Well, I'm not the one who tried to go to gun control. Don't if, if you don't believe me and if I'm racist, you know, here, take the words of those black leaders right there. Uh, give me a couple minutes before we go to go to break, Todd, because I, I don't want to I don't want to split this up. I've got some more stuff that I want to share about this you know it's not me who's who i don't think that i'm politicizing this story alicia because i'm responding to the politicization the politicization of it by the left but that's part of the game that they play but you know who did not politicize this i did not i was astounded alicia and inspired for the fact that i did not hear personally one person out of that church who lost a loved one or a fellow church member i did not hear one of them play the race card or play the victim or demand that the government or blame the system or, or blame the country and demand uh compensation for it i was i was blown away um by the by um the the incredible um people from that church were you yeah absolutely and it really showed um how loving and uh, forgiving christians can be Uh, honestly i don't think i would have responded quite as um uh, grace, graciously, as a lot of those people from that church responded. Absolutely. And so I want to reiterate again to those those who called me a racist today for suggesting, you know, that I, I have an issue with hate, hate crimes legislation because I think it elevates some victims over others. And I think that that's unequal. I advocate for all lives. I think all lives matter. And, you know, I'm, I'm disturbed by the fact that only certain black lives seem to matter to some people. You know, Margaret Sanger, who was the OG, the original black terrorist who came up with plans. And parenthood in order to wipe out uh, the black uh, uh, race, you know, they want to put her on a $10 bill. And that brings me to, you know, um, I actually think I argue on behalf of Dr. King. I think he would be on my side here with this. And I want you to hear before we go to the break, I want you to hear what what his niece, uh, Alveda, had to say today on, on Fox News. Department of Justice has now opened a hate crime investigation into this. Uh, and we told you that when you came to sit down. But then again, you, you, get, you reminded us that you are familiar with church shootings and it wasn't a hate crime in what we think of it this, these days as. Let's define hate. Hate does not have a color. It could be a white killing black people. It could be blacks killing whites. It could be whites killing each other, blacks killing each other. So this is not just a racial hate crime. But we, we just might, want to see a motivation. That's the what. motivation, it's uh, insanity, it's rage. Race can be behind it. I'm not going to deny mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. 
but the man who shot my grandmother and killed her in 1974. In a church? In Ebenezer Baptist Church. The mother of Martin Luther King Jr. was gunned down by a black man. Why did he do and that? And other people were shot. He was outraged. He was making his statement about the times. And he right. shot Mama King in Ebenezer Baptist Church. So now this disturbed young man. I understand he's Caucasian and he shot black people and that's not good. But evil is not just limited to color. All right. So anything anything you want to add to that, Alicia? Here's here's my bottom line. It's this this tragedy is about evil. All lives matter. I'm heartbroken today for everybody, but I really think that, you know, we need to come together as a nation. And one of the things that we need to come together on is we need to come together against the government exploiting situations like this to divide us for political gain and then to try to extend it beyond that for gun control. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And the one thing I would add is that I think that the the media attention uh, about Racism and the way that they're handling it actually makes it worse. It foments divisiveness, and it makes crazy people come out of the woodwork. That's what happened here. This man was clearly a crazy person, a disturbed person, because only disturbed people commit heinous heinous crimes like that. Why did he focus on race? Why did he focus on uh, the people of that church? Probably because he got fixated, and it does not help what we've had going on in our media. The more we uh, talk about that, the more glory he's going to get out of it, and that's just that's just uh, it makes other people like him want to emulate him. Exactly, that's a good point. You know, if we're if we're going to start getting into mind reading and deciding, you know, what the motivations are, maybe the motivation is like these these crazy kids who go around and, and shoot up schools, and they do it for notoriety. That's what Columbine was all about. Pat Lalama, who's a noted crime reporter, she says that she refuses to mention their names in the media because they do this yeah. in part for notoriety. So it might have been just as much just to be some wacko kid wanting notoriety, far more than his hatred towards anybody. One of the, one of the survivors said that he specifically said that this he wanted the word about this to get out. So exactly. Well, yeah, we've given it. No yeah. Well, we specifically didn't mention his name here, but I wanted to advance it beyond specifically just what happened there. And, you know, um, if I'm exploiting it, fine, but you can't take the politics out of politics. So speaking of that, when we come back, we're going to take a break. I'm long overdue. I'm getting the stink eye from DJ Carrot Sticks. We're going to take a break. <laughs> and when we come back, we're going to switch gears. We're going to talk about politics uh, because we had some notables finally throw their hat in the ring. Miss Alicia from Trump to Jeb Bush. So we're going to talk about that on the other side. Thanks for tuning into the Andrea K show right here on AM 1170 the answer in the summertime. AM 1170 the answer and AM 1170 the com. want to start living better longer La Vida compounding pharmacy can help proudly improving the lives of over 10,000 patients preparing personalized medications with the highest care quality and safety Voted Union Tribune's Best Local Pharmacy, LaVita specializes in bioidentical hormones, prescription skin care, transdermal pain creams, and more. Let us help you find the path to living better, longer. Visit us at LaVitaRx.com or call 866-507-1990. 
Warning, the federal solar tax incentive goes away next year. Energy isn't getting any cheaper, and month after month, your power bill gives you a headache. Solar can chase your power bill headaches away. Go solar your way right now with white glove treatment from Direct Energy Solar. The solar rush is on. Wait too long and you'll miss out on your 30% federal tax credit. That's thousands of dollars in your pocket. Plus, choose Direct Energy Solar by July 15th and claim our best exclusive offers yet, including a $1,500 rebate straight from Direct Energy Solar. Plus, we guarantee your system will be installed before the summer sunshine ends or you get a $500 rebate. And ask about zero out-of-pocket financing. Direct Energy Solar handles every detail with a fully customized installation. How big will your bill be this summer? With solar, your AC can run on the sun. Beat next year's mad rush to solar. Call Direct Energy Solar now and learn more. 800-456-1170. 800-456-1170. 800-456-1170. Not available in all areas. Terms and conditions apply. This is AM 1170, The Answer. Welcome back to the Andrea K Show. In case you hadn't noticed it, DJ Carrot Sticks is playing songs all dedicated to the night because it's dynamite after dark here on the Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer. So we're going to shift from the dark topic of what happened in Charleston over to something lighter, something less than serious, according to some people, and that is the candidacy of none other than the donald okay um i hear alicia chuckling there <laughs> you hear me laughing yeah um you know is he a serious candidate people are questioning that they're questioning it for a couple of reasons they're questioning it about whether or not he is serious from the standpoint of even with his intentions or if he's just um you know trying to pull some some games and i'm going to um, read an article from uh, investors business daily with his opinion on that um, is he serious in terms of having any serious policy suggestions beyond bluster? Um, I say that he's serious in the fact that he is taking attention away um, from really uh, people that I consider to be very serious candidates who should be getting a lot more media play like Carly Fiorina. And while I agreed with much of his talking points, I think too many of them, I have a couple of issues. I do think it's it's way too much bluster and too much attention grabbing for himself. Um, I think that many of his talking points were against Republicans, and that concerns me because it makes me question his seriousness, because if he's truly serious about wanting to save the country, he will not do what everybody admitted was a huge mistake in 2012, Alicia, and that was shooting within the tent, going so far as to destroy the brand so that when he's gone, if he's not serious and or can't even get close to getting the nomination, he's done his part to destroy the Republican Party and, and people stay at home and don't want to vote Republican. And, you know, we're left, um, you know, with the mess um, that is going on in Washington. I think he and every other GP candidate should be focusing their efforts on criticizing big government liberal policies, not the GOP. And, and, and I think if he were truly serious, you know, he would understand that. And I also have to say, if he were really serious, would he be doing the kind of stupidity that he did in terms of hiring a casting company to hire people to stand there in T-shirts and cheer for him? I mean, really, I mean, if he had the fan base, would he be doing that? And if you're going to do that, Donald, you know, Mr. Mr. Brilliant Businessman, and I know I got a friend listening who's a supporter of him, and, and I'm, gonna, I, I'm not saying my mind is closed to Donald, but you know what? If you're going to go to a casting, pay him more than 50 bucks. You can't even buy a cheeseburger in New York City for that. What kind of serious capitalist are you? You, know, you think you're going to win votes when people find out you only pop 50 bucks, you know, to get a crowd? Mr., you know, I'm going to brag I got $9 billion. But I don't know if you followed any of his speech. I'm going to tell you what I actually agree with that I think Trump said. I agree that he said that all 
uh, Pauls are all talking there, no action, and that it's time and, and the time is ripe for a non-politician to run for office. I'm absolutely on board with that. We have too many career politicians that are in the tank, owned by lobbyists, owned by special interest, and I absolutely think that America is ready for somebody to come in who is not a career politician, at least. I think it's really hard to go from somebody who's never had any government experience and never had any government, you know, um, uh, dealings at all. Uh, you know, at least Carly Fiorina can talk about deals that she's made uh, with Putin. Um, but, you know, I, I'm I'm not convinced that he's the right person. I also like um, that he, you know, I agree that he says that our leaders are stupid. I agree that he says that you don't hate hand trade negotiations over to someone who has shown that he can't negotiate. Look at this Iran deal. Look yeah. at look at him handing five t- top Taliban leaders over for Bergdahl. You know, he's shown he can't negotiate. That's who you're going to give, you know, trade negotiations to. I also agree that he said that we are $17 trillion in debt and that as soon as it gets to $22 trillion, we're done. I absolutely agree with that. Do you agree with all that, Alicia? I do agree with all that. And I, I want to tell you, I think he actually is a serious candidate. Uh, I do think that running a, um, a campaign is similar in a lot of ways to building a business and running a business. And so he may be a, a bigger threat than people think. You know, look at that Ross Perot, how far he got with just his own money and his own and his business savvy. So I, I do think. Yeah, he, he got far enough. He, he, yeah. Well, right. He got far enough to give us the Clintons. And, you know, in fact, um, you know, I since you led me into that, I'm going to read um, Andrew uh, Malcolm's um, great, uh, interesting uh, article, Investors Business Daily, and what he has to say about it. He actually says that Trump is, in reality, a stalking horse for the Democrats. He compares Trump uh, to P.T. Barnum and his hoaxes. Uh, He says that this is a hoax, that Trump is, in reality, a stalking horse for the Democrats, including the Clintons. He says Trump has contributed thousands countless thousands of dollars to reelect and curry favor with the Clintons, their foundation and other Dems. He says Hillary is his pal and that, oh, yeah, how convenient. Suddenly he's. Yeah, he says suddenly he's a Republican, which helps Hillary, feeds his ego, gets attention, hurts the GOP, win, win, win for everybody. And he said he goes on to say that Trump didn't acquire his eight billion dollars without playing the angles in every deal. You know, historically, yes. Have we had some, you know, has America been, you know, ready for some you know, great business guy to come in. Sure. He talks about Wendell Wilkie in 1940, who earned more popular votes that year than any Republican ever before until he got crushed by FDR, 449 electoral votes to 82. Uh, Fast forward to 1992 with Ross Perot, the aforementioned Ross Perot, who ushered in the Clintons. He says, coincidence? He says, Trump's very presence on a crowded Republican debate stage with serious contenders not only denies a genuine candidate priceless national exposure, it makes a mockery of those putting themselves through the rigorous selection process. He goes on to say that... that, Getting back to his, I'm, I'm going to wrap this up here, getting back to his analogy with P.T. Barnum. He says the Trump Tower audience applauded Tuesday as the showman attempted a grand entrance descending on a painfully slow escalator. He says we can only wish Trump soon falls for one of Barnum's best scams. In his hyperbolic museum, eager patrons were urged, urged to follow the sign this way to egress. They thought it was to another exotic exhibit, and they soon found themselves dumped outside on the street. You know, i uh- I hadn't thought of it that way. It's interesting because, remember, the last election cycle, he was sort of teasing that he might run, um, but then didn't. And maybe he didn't because he, you know, he wasn't uh, interested in 
doing anything to help the Democrats. He's not an Ob- I don't think he's an Obama supporter. He was uh, very pro Obama. He was very pro Obama going into 2008. Very critical of Bush. It was very, very. And, and I remember being shocked at how in the world could he be um, so, you know, pro Obama. And then I, I came across it. Jonathan Kane, Koenig. I'm not sure how to say his name. Uh, here's a great article that, that uh, he put out. This was back in 2011 about Trump. He says uh, he talks about the, the fallacy of the successful businessman being uh, a great defender of capitalism. Uh, he says, you know, when any time right. we go into really tough economic times, Americans always say, you know, gee, maybe we just need, you know, a really great business leader. They'll promote fiscal conservatism, capitalism and growth. Um, but the reality is that's not true. He says you look at George Soros and Warren Buffett. They're well-known anti-capitalist ideal. There's a, there's a lot of extremely successful businessmen who are anti-competitive and uh, are willing to work with uh, certain circles within the government in order to get, um, you know, their their capitalist edge, their their edge in business, crony capitalism, basically. So that wouldn't surprise me at all. Anybody who um, is that is that high level of wealth probably engages in a fair amount of crony capitalism. It's, yeah. And not just not just crony capitalism, um, but, um, you know, you look at you look at what happened in 08. You know, what was this, you know, um, 30 billion dollar bailout of Bear Stearns that happened under the conservative Bush administration. Right. And the other thing, too, is I will say that Hillary Clinton is known within political circles of being very Machiavellian in her political strategy. And so that's why it wouldn't surprise me if she did something like this. Trump is, I believe, a narcissist. So part of, at first my thought was it wasn't a serious candidacy because he's just doing it to get attention. Right. Um, however, I do think that he could pose a threat to uh, Jeb Bush or to Skywalker or anybody else who's sort of the presumptive right. front runner because he, he does have a lot of money. And if he wanted to make a serious run of this, because of his resources, he might be able to. Well, here's some more issues that I have with him in terms of policy. Uh, he says he supports free trade. He just wants somebody better to negotiate it. But he proposes a 25 percent tax. Let's think about some of the outrageous claims he made that were so like, oh, it sounded so great the other day. A 25 percent tax on imported goods from China. Oh, we're you know, his whole thing is that we're victims of China and Mexico. Well, who's going to end up being punished by that? His his proposal is going to end up with Americans being punished just because we're going to end up having to pay high, more for everything we buy. You know, he's he's um, he's also called for regulators to stop a, a European stock operator from buying the NYX. Um, you know, I don't want foreign governments owning the New York Stock Exchange. And he says if he was president, he wouldn't even have allowed the discussions to pl- take place. Well, in a capitalist country, Alicia, shareholders make those kind of decisions, not regulators. He's always right. arguing for the same big government power grab by the executive branch. That is not supposed to be what capitalism is all about. What did he say the other day? I would pick up the phone and I'd call Ford and tell them, don't you dare do that or I'm going to hit you with such and such. You don't even have the right to do that. That's not how our government works. What kind of claim is that? Oh, I'm going to make Mexico pay for a border. I love the fact that he said that we need a border and build it. But then he turns right around and says that he's just got he he just is going to wave his magic wand and make Mexico pay for it. I mean, how can that be serious? But Exactly. That he could, I mean, him and what he's gonna, what is he gonna do? Bring the American, the rest of the American army into Mexico to force them to build a wall? Come on! Right. Well, you know what? I got to give somebody else an opportunity to get in here. My dear friend, Elisa Brent, is on the line. 
She is somebody I respect so much. I know you are, and I you know you're biting your tongue. And I you wanted know to have a you. Huge Trump supporter. I know, and that's why I wanted you to come on because, uh, you know, a lot of people laughed it off because of what happened in 2012. He is being taken seriously. That's why I'm given the time tonight to discuss him, give my what I agree with him on, give my concerns about it, and give you an opportunity to tell people why you support him, given everything that I just said. Because he is taking media attention away from people. He must be taken seriously because of the attention. He's getting. Um, you just heard my concerns and Alicia's. You got. You got. A, you got. I'll give you two and a half, three minutes. Make your case, Alisa. Well, number one, who is going to really beat Hillary out of all of the conservative pool? The ratings for all of the other Republican GOP candidates are nowhere near Hillary's numbers. I mean, on social media, she ranked higher than Trump. She brought in ten million followers when she started her campaign. Now, Trump got about 7 million. The closest person to that would be Ted Cruz, who got 5 million, and he was the very first major candidate to even announce a presidential bid for 2016. So there's no way that any of those other GOP candidates can beat Hillary. She has got a support that's, they're, they're everywhere. They've been sitting on the couch waiting to get to the polls and vote. Well, he and also he that, has like fifty. Trump can get those people off the couch, but how can and get he them to vote for the GOP? Well, how, but let me ask you this: How can he get them out when he has like fifty-seven percent unfavorables? He, no Republican candidate can win. If, you know what is that uninformed voter? Those people do not know anything about politics. They will just go and vote the, with their gut, and they will get to the poll, and they'll. Check that box for Donald Trump because they know that name. So you think they name recognition has been a success? That he's risen from the ashes, from bankruptcy, and built his company bigger and stronger. And yes, he was bragging about his nine billion dollars. Well, I don't, I don't mind that he bragged about the nine billion dollars. What concerned me is some outrageous claims that he made that he can't back up because that's not how our government works. Yeah. Um, you know, he concerned me with the fact that I don't trust that he's in it for the long haul to win it. I actually think that he, he you know, he showed himself to be a fly in the ointment um, in 2012. We as a Republican Party are in a really it, and it was proven outrageously in 2012, the depths of collusion that has gone on between the media and and the left. And he is not immune to that. His name recognition alone will not protect him from a media that is set out to destroy the Republican Party and win at all cost. And he is just one, he is one constant soundbite. Uh, you know, you know I'm, I'm going to have to disagree with you because I think that of all the candidates, he's got a big enough uh, personality and big enough balls to completely take on the media. Do you think Absolutely. he can, do you think he can win? Do you think people will come and do you think the GOP will give him the nomination that people will vote for him, Alicia? No, I don't think he's going to get the nomination. Why but, not? Uh, tell me, think- tell Alicia why not. Because I think that uh, Republicans, the nomination is about Republicans, and I don't think enough Republican voters, that the kind who come to primaries, are going to vote for him because they're not going to see him as a serious Republican. Well, I think he's in it to win it, and if he doesn't get the Republican nomination, he's going to be like Ross Perot and find another party. I tell you who so I you think. Know, I tell you, you who can't do that actually anymore. There's there are laws that prevent you from doing that. So I, you know, if you, if that's his plan, it's going to fail. Yeah. Well, I, you know, you brought up an interesting point earlier, Elisa. You brought up well, who can really beat Hillary? I want to. I want Todd to play a, a soundbite of who I think can beat Hillary and what we really need to to have more of. Uh, take it away, Todd. 
Hillary Clinton must not be president of the United States, but not because she is a woman. Hillary Clinton cannot be president of the United States because she is not trustworthy. And while she has held many titles, she hasn't accomplished very much. And we are learning once again what the Clinton way is. The Clinton way. Do as I say, not as I do. The Clinton way. Let's rake in millions from foreign governments behind closed doors. Let's promise transparency, which we never intend to keep. Now, of course, they're scrambling to refile their tax returns and account for her decisions as Secretary of State. And I tell you what, when the general election rolls around, we better have a nominee who can throw those punches all day long. So I think that that's more what we need. I didn't hear a bit of that from Trump. I did not hear one thing from him against his buddy Hillary. And that's very concerning to me, Lisa. Can he win? Can he win? Can he win? Amazing. Yeah. I don't think she has the winning power to beat. She may not have the name recognition, but you know what? If 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 Trump was serious and if he was smart, he'd already he would have had her there with him on the stage. He would have already offered her a chance to be the VP. No, he's running around talking about Oprah. Oh, no. Are you? That was a while back, and I don't think he's going to be doing Oprah at all. Well, well, we don't want to. Let's keep a G girl. We don't want to talk about him. Exactly. Trump and Oprah when it comes to that. (laughs) All right. Well, okay. Well, here's here's some comment from uh, the Facebook. Timothy says that you can't be quoting a Facebook poll at this at, at this point. And the the reality of the of what concerns me about the polls with the with the GOP nomination is there seems to be some some obviously some push poll going on out there that keeps showing the man nobody wants to vote for is being number one uh, in the lead and that's jeb bush and so i don't think that these polls are trustworthy i do agree with you peggy name recognition does mean a lot carly fiorina is out there everywhere and trying to get her name out there and the gop is really doing themselves and everybody a disservice by not guaranteeing her a spot on the on the debate stage because she is the only one you want to talk about seriousness she's the only one who's taking Hillary Clinton serious. The rest of them are all acting like they that it's just a lock that they can beat her. Now, I got to take well, a break. That Facebook poll, though, is strictly the numbers, at least that I read, were strictly the number of hits to their name. It had nothing to do with likes or dislikes. Well, that's true. But, you know, there's 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 services around that that uh, pay people to just sit there and click on that kind of stuff all day long. I got to leave it there because I'm real behind on a break. We're going to take a break. We come back. We're going to talk about Jeb. His, that's his that's his sign right now Jeb just Jeb because he's he don't want everybody to remember the other name he's got his surname there thank you Elisa for calling in and making your case for Trump and so we're going to take a break when we come back we're going to talk about Jeb we're also going to give you an update on the TPA and the TPP and the P-O-P-E the Pope you're listening to the Andrea K show right here on AM 1170 the answer intelligent conservative AM 1170, The Answer. Convenient homestyle recipes and unique menu favorites. Sombrero, your place for San Diego-style Mexican food. Roll tacos, California burritos, and don't forget your salsa. Sombrero Mexican food. We get it, too. If you've been searching for answers, look no further. 
We've assembled San Diego's best lineup of talk to give you the answers to all of today's hottest issues. Start with Mark Larson at 6 a.m. If you give the PETA people what they want, they won't stop there until all the animals are out of the parks. No one is wiser than Dennis Prigger at 9. I like to get people's thoughts. I've always interviewed people having nothing to do with being a writer or a talk show host. Michael Medved is your lunchtime fix at noon. With Islam, you meet somebody who's a religious Muslim. Do you have that reaction? Yeah, well, here's somebody. Yeah, I, I immediately feel... I, I'm sorry it's different. Plan for your retirement with Bucket Strategy Investing at 2. There are people who are advocates of buying properties inside an IRA. Doesn't doing this take away most of the advantages of owning real estate? Yes. Hugh Hewitt gets you home at 3. The complexity of the Republican field. On the other hand, there's Hillary, you know, coming out of Mordor. It's not really interesting. And Craig Sewing answers your questions after dark from 6 to 9. So if you're looking for answers, we've got you covered. AM 1170, The Answer. Do you panic every time the phone rings? Do you dread opening the mail? Are you scared to see who is at the front door? One phone call to the experts at Rush Tax Resolution can put an end to your nightmare. If you owe $10,000 or more in personal or business taxes, have unfiled returns, received an audit notice, or have been threatened with a levy or garnishment, chances are your tax problem has been costing you a lot of sleep. Call 877-554-RUSH to get effective and reputable help today. Rush Tax Resolution has federally licensed tax experts with unrestricted rights to represent and defend you before the IRS. They will hold your hand through the process and get you a permanent solution to your tax problem. You may even have up to 85% of your taxes forgiven. And if you're not sure what the IRS has in your file, call today and receive a free transcript analysis. Call now, 877-554-RUSH. That's 877-554-RUSH. Or log on to RushTaxResolution.com, 877-554-7874. Saying, I don't know, is no longer acceptable. This is AM 1170, The Answer. Welcome back to the Andrea K. Show. Ooh, that's a classic from Van Halen. That's back when they had that, that, the, that, that was the best lead singer. What was his, was that David Lee Roth? Yes. Awesome. Whatever happened to him? Is he the singer, he, is he the guy who used to sing in, in Backless Chaps? I believe so. And you know what, he's still around, he's still singing, but he doesn't have the hair. <laughs> I tell you who I think should move to Mexico, especially since he speaks Spanish so well. That's Jeb. Okay. Jeb B-U-S-H. Jeb Bush. We have not forgotten. Yes. Just go. Adios. Amigo. Okay. The other day, um, I think it was Christian Science Monitor. Um, posted an article, a report that came out a while back, one that I mentioned on the day that it happened. I said then at the time when it was announced, post Benghazi, that here's this is my response to his throwing his hat in the ring, by the way, that for Jeb Bush to give Hillary Clinton the Public Service Freedom Award after what went down in Benghazi showed a depth of his allegiance to the to the Clintons, as well as his allegiance to corruption. And we cannot deny that. And it makes him completely unelectable to me. And I cannot even for the life of me how anybody could even consider voting for him. To me, he is a co-conspirator in the biggest cover-up that's happened in this nation, far bigger to me than Nixon. This was a cover-up of an illegal gun operation which gave gave um, weapons to our enemies, Islamist rebels. They specifically sent an ambassador over there, left them for uh, as a part of this illegal gun operation, left them to dead to die. 
knew that an attack was coming. There were threats of an attack, intentionally didn't give them security, intentionally didn't go to try to help them. And then after these four Americans died, they launched a massive cover up on America. And he goes to give her a freedom award. Well, of course he does, because that's his sis-in-law. That's his brother Bubba's wife. Okay, so that's so. and, And now we're supposed to believe that somehow. That that he is is different when it comes to policy and that, that a that he's going to mount a vigorous campaign against her and that b that he's somehow not, you know, of the same mind. We know that he's pro big government with his common core, with his amnesty when he was in New Hampshire and asked what his top priority would be. And he said climate change. He's a new world order guy. So, you know, sorry, Jeb, you're absolutely not electable. And I am serious when I pose this question, Alicia. You know um, uh, uh, about elections and campaigns. What, how are these poll, what kind of push-poll question are they asking when we keep hearing time and time again that Jeb's in the lead when I cannot find anybody that is willing to hold their nose and vote for him? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think that the numbers are being manipulated by, um, you know, the powers that be and the RNC at uh, probably Fox News. I, I I think that uh, we should be very suspect of polling right now, uh, whether it's uh, the Facebook poll or anything that says Jeb Bush is in the lead, anything that drops out Rand Paul's name, which keeps happening. You know, it, it's all very underhanded. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think my Facebook page has been shut down, by the way. Did somebody report me? Seriously, I can't get my Facebook right now. Anyway, um, so, yeah, there's all kinds of shenanigans going on, including my Facebook, not to mention the polls. Speaking of shenanigans, i got to give a TPA, TPP update, and this is just going to raise the blood pressure of my dear friend Timothy Shea because he's all about the TPA, okay? Um, you know, I talked, I've talked at length about that, and it failed last week um, because the TAA, which was the, the TPA is what gives authority uh, to the executive branch to do Congress's job, to go and negotiate trade deals um, on his own. And it failed because the Dems had packaged with the TPA, the TAA, because the T- these trade deals are so wonderful that they've got to also have legislation attached to it to take taxpayer money to pay people incomes that they're going to lose from these phenomenal trade deals. And so it failed last week, and the G- the, the GOP was just apoplectic over it and, and upset. And so they managed to find a way to get it through. Um, by separating that um, TAA taxpayer funded, um, you know, how can I say that I lost my job due to a trade deal so I can get, you know, an income provided for me? So they separated that out and the House got the TPA. Uh, the authority passed today, 218 to 208 votes, handing over our nation's economic sovereignty to Obama. I'm telling you, I agree with Trump when he said one thing. Trade deals are only as good as the person negotiating. And why in the heck? Would anyone give that to Obama? And why now? Why now? I tell you, you know, it, it's like, OK, uh, Ted Cruz says, well, this gives gives, you know, power to the executive branch. And it's a six year deal. And in 2016, wink, wink, hopefully I'll be president and I'll have all this power for me to use for my own. Well, why don't we wait until 2016? Why are we giving this over to Obama now? And, why and, don't we know what's in the deal? That's what I want to know. Why is the deal still secret? Why do we have to, you know, pass it to read it? Well, we're being told that 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 somehow this hidden TPP is going to suddenly be available to us to read. We have to pass the TPA so that we can see what's in the TPP, but we shouldn't worry about the TPP because it hasn't really been drafted yet. And Jeff Sessions is like, hey, the people who voted today to pass this TPA are not aware that included in the TPA, because most of them never read anything that they vote for 
before, Leisha, had a pre-approval for the TPP, and they already know what's in the TPP, just like Ted Cruz knew what was in the TPP, because he helped Paul Ryan come up with a phony amendment after people got upset about finding out what was in the TPP, which was even more power to President Obama to negotiate immigration, which is illegal and should not be happening. If you're, Timothy, hey, if you, you know, I get the argument that going back for 85 years, you know, we've given authority, you know, to presidents with this. Well, you know what? If the Constitution wanted the president to be doing this, we wouldn't have to come up with an authority to give them to give the president these powers. This is a, a shift from Congress to the to the executive branch. And we've never had a Marxist in the presidency. And I am deeply concerned that we have a Republican Party that has given this power to him, banking on the fact that they're going to be able to be the ones to step in and have this power for the next six years. Meanwhile, while they're doing nothing to stop Hillary. But maybe that's why they're shoving Jeb on us on us, because what's the difference? They're both big government and they're all going to be on board with this, because just like there's no difference between Jeb and Hillary, maybe there's really no difference between the GOP and the Dems. And this six year deal, they do know what's in it, Alicia, because this six year deal, according to Jeff Sessions, has the TPP. It has the TISA and it has the the the, 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 the TIIP three deals, three, three um, packs that will ultimately consume 90% of the world's GDP. That's scary. Yeah. And it includes, yeah. and it includes those tribunals that supersede our courts. Right. That's scary too. You know, I, I really uh, believe in trying to keep jurisdiction local as much as possible because the more we centralize power in a government body that uh, is away from the people who are being governed, the more likely uh, that those people's rights are going to be trampled. Absolutely. Yeah. And, um, you know, Timothy is saying um, it isn't TPA text has been available for years. We're talking about the TPA that pre-approves what's in the TPP. And, you know, there's many people who say, oh, well, we have to pass this TPA so that we can see what's in the TPP and then they're going to have the right to vote on it. But they won't have the right to amend it, even though Paul Ryan has come up with a false and lying to everybody saying that he's got an amendment to supersede the immigration. Well, first of all, if the TPP wasn't set, why do you need it? Why are you already drafting some amendment to try to calm everybody's fears over something that you say hasn't even been drafted? That doesn't even make sense to me. And as Judge Judy would say, if it doesn't make sense, it's not true. And don't come into my courtroom and pee on my leg and tell me it's raining. <laughs> yeah, I love Judge Judy. I mean, the thing is, you know, I'm, I'm gen- generally open to, I, I prefer free trade. And I, you know, as a libertarian, I think we need to have as much trade as possible. I think it's, um, it's good for peace among countries. It's good for the wealth of all the people of the world for us to have capitalism that's unhindered by the government. Uh, so I'm normally in favor of free trade, but it does bother me that I don't really know what's in this bill and that it's being pushed by Obama, who I inherently do not trust, uh, and that the Republicans, in order to pass it, are tacking on a bunch of uh, pork barrel. That, those are all big red flags to me. Yeah, me too. Um, got to move on, though, because I've got a couple of other um, big stories I want to talk about that are really important in the news. I don't know what an encyclical is because I'm not Catholic. But the Pope has come up with this encyclical that's really got a lot of people upset. 
And, you know, I don't I, I'm one that thinks that we don't have enough uh, religious leaders speaking out about problems going on in the world. So I don't necessarily go, oh, gosh, we got the pope speaking out. This is a terrible thing. And some of the things he said, you know, that I read were good. I didn't read. And I'm going to be honest, I didn't read every word when he says we need to say a prayer for our earth. I don't see anything wrong with that. I think that's good. He says we need to um, bring healing. Uh, we need to protect our world and not pray on it. You know, I don't, you know, to me, I think that's very appropriate for a religious leader to express. I think where he goes off the rails for me is when he does an Al Gore impersonation and, you know, starts getting involved with predictions and economics. And this is somebody supposedly who says the other day he hasn't he hasn't read a newspaper or seen the news in 25 years. Where is he getting his information? I mean, he's not exactly been, you know, going to school for climatology. You know, he's not exactly John Coleman. I don't understand this. Um, so to me, he really doesn't have the expertise or the position to be injecting himself into, into, you know, policy, particularly that's involving and trying to conflate science and morality. If he wants to get involved in that, why isn't he confronting the Democrat Party, who every one of them in the Senate, Senate just voted to approve abortion up until the child is in the birth canal? And if you want to argue with me that the first few weeks or whatever of conception is a wadagoo, you know, that's one thing. But do not try to tell me that's not a human being in the birth canal and it's not a person in murder. OK, so you want to get involved in a science and morality argument, Mr. Pope. Take it there. OK, don't be getting into unsettled science because it's making you seem like you're unsettled. OK. Yeah, you know, um, the thing with the Pope is and the Vatican has always had a lot of power. We can't pretend like the Vatican isn't a major political force throughout this world. It has been for over a thousand years uh, and continues to be. So, this, you know, I, I usually like this pope, but this particular pope, you have to remember where he comes from. He, he has uh, a, an ethnic background that is probably says he's been exposed to a lot of socialist ideas. And so sometimes he says things that are, you know, a, a little on the left side of what I think uh, I would agree with. Well, I think it's uh, I, I, well, I, I'm, I think it's a little irresponsible of him. I mean, I, I, I reported uh, last week about ABC, how they had used scientific predictions to project that by June 2015, New York City would be underwater. And what bothers me the most <laughs> is some of his language that he uses. It's typical left shame game, you know, and, right. and, 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 and to, to shame people and to use poverty and to play the poverty card he speaks in such a derisive manner um saying that uh, to the people who don't believe it including convenient resignation of blind faith and technical solutions blind faith you know what you have blind faith have blind faith in the lord alicia don't have blind faith in al gore and his inconvenient truth this is like amazing to me the the pope has such a huge sway over millions and millions of people so what he says, people are going to take to heart. Uh, and so, yeah, I am concerned when he starts to, to, to get involved in some uh, political ideologies because what he says, a lot of people are going to listen to. Right. You know, his work comes down. I, you're not Catholic, but uh, my mom is, and I'm. I'm oh, I, I'm from Louisiana. Half my family. <laughs> Louisiana is the only state divided by county. Not, I mean, I mean by parish, not county. I mean, I, I, my entire family's Catholic. I love Catholicism, and I love you know, and I love my Catholic family. I don't love Catholicism. I'm not Catholic, but I do love my Catholic family. So, but yeah, so I, I, but I, you know, I don't think that I don't. I don't think that because somebody is is in a particular position that it it it, it uh, provides them a shield against any criticism. 
And when you inject yourself into policy like this, when you inject yourself, Pope Francis, into policy, I think that you put yourself in a position to be critiqued and to be criticized. You don't want to be criticized for it. Stay out of it. I I totally agree with you. All I was going to say was that the thing that concerns me is that what the Pope says gets pushed down through through the bureaucracy. People really do listen to it. And so what he says and his ideas really sway a lot of people. And so when he goes out on a limb in some of these areas, it, it does concern me. I think there's nothing wrong with saying that God wants us to be good shepherds of the earth. It's a different thing altogether to start talking about environmental policy. Absolutely. And so, I, again, I want to make sure it's very clear to people because I probably have my Catholic family from Louisiana listening tonight and, and little Freddie up in, uh, in the San Francisco area. Y'all know how much I love you. You know how much I have respect I have for you. Um, this is a, this is a policy debate and a, a policy dis- discussion. And, you know, I can disagree with people on policy and still love them and love what they're about. Just like I love all of you. I love Alicia. I love DJ Carrot Sticks. I love everybody out there listening. Tune in tomorrow night. Same time. We got more topics to discuss tomorrow night. And check out Alicia's book. Go to am1170.com. Click on the program guide in my show and see the link to her book, Just Pursuits. And s- Stay tuned right here tomorrow night, 9 to 10 p.m., AM 1170, The Answer. Love you all. The Andrea K. Show on AM 1170, The Answer, is sponsored by Andrea K. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.